Hey, thanks for choosing this episode of Rogue Space, where me and Dylan talk about the prequel trilogy of Star Wars and just begin running our mouth for a whole hour of just Star Wars content. And I hope you enjoy. We're going to get straight into it. Hello. Welcome. I am Valerie. Here we have Dylan. Hello. Hello. Welcome, everyone. Uh, We are here today to talk about none other than... The prequel trilogy of Star Wars. <laughs> oh my goodness, Star Wars! Star, Star Wars of all things. Wars. <laughs> Here we are, people. This I, is the I, meme field. Meme this field. is it. This is it. This is Ground so Zeroes right here. It is. Perfect. <laughs> well, <laughs> without further ado, um, we're, just we're really just it. gonna. Yeah, I think we're just gonna jump into it. I, I think uh, we're gonna. Kind of give you guys some things to follow along with if uh, you had to listen at all. Uh, it's, you know, we're just going to be talking about the prequel trilogy and uh, what we think of it. Um, you know, what it comes from and uh, goes along with the prequel trilogy. Uh, uh, whatever, you know, we, we feel about it, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so, if you want to start us off, Al. Oh, yeah, with my story. So, we were in the car. This is after class. We're talking, we're talking about sushi, and you know that, like, this is, I think it was on the way, it, it was on the way home, so after our drinks, <laughs> and you know that, like, um, Nobu, that, like, really fancy sushi place Kylie Jenner goes to in Malibu or whatever? Oh, yeah, okay. So my friends were talking about it, and I'm like, oh my god, I love Nobu. And I was like, like, I don't think that's how you say it. And I was like, no, it's Naboo. It's for sure Naboo. And I'm like, oh my god. I'm not Natalie Portman. I am not Padme. I have never been to Naboo. It was Nobu or whatever. Which I think is like they stole it. They stole it. I think they definitely did. Yeah. You know what? You know what we might not even be able to consider here? What? George Lucas could very well be the owner of, oh. of this very of this very sushi establishment and we're not even thinking in that that realm of possibility he's the silent partner <laughs> i think he is you know he might have been the one who greenlit it and kind of gave them the name pass but he said to not make it too on the nose i i see past it i see it for what it truly is wow yes well that, that that's so good you know you and kylie jenner must be of uh, similar minds must be like she goes there all the time and i'm just like always just daydreaming about naboo and the grassy hills that's so good well speaking of naboo yes um let let's start with the the first film in the trilogy you know i didn't really get to these films until maybe two years ago i watched them with my friend jake and i i finally got through all of them recently uh uh, the entire saga, not only just the prequel trilogy, you probably started it like two years ago, wrapped up the end of last year when uh, I think episode nine came on to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe that was actually March of this year, somewhere around there. But yeah, um, I I think the prequel trilogy nowadays obviously is is heralded for its meme potential or. Oh, yeah kind of gets dragged through the mud for how bad a movies are but you know i feel like i feel like that tune has been played out a little bit by this point i i agree i mean maybe i'm super indecisive so when i say something's my favorite it's not really like i have a million favorites but i would say 
I just really love the prequels. Like, I would, I have more, a little bit more love for them, perhaps, than maybe the OGs and sequels. I agree. I I think the prequel trilogy, you know, while rough around the edges, I think Mm -hmm. it captures this sort of, this sort of, like, early 2000s kind of magic in a way that none of the other films in the saga could really attest to because with the sequel trilogy we we get a lot of polish we get a lot of Mm -hmm. like let let's work out all the kinks that that have previously kind of marred the the series you know or gave it its charm depending on Mm -hmm. how you look at it um and with the original trilogy it's so kind of fresh and everything so they kind of had to just ride on whatever they were coming up with at the time but the prequel trilogies they had something to work off of you know they're they're exactly that a a prequel trilogy trying to flesh out anakin skywalker and everything and and it's interesting to see how it kind of took shape because uh it seemed like at that point uh i think the ideas were kind of running amok you know, like, uh, <laughs> they were able to get away with a lot of stuff that probably wouldn't have went down in the original trilogy so much. Because as far as I knew, uh, George Lucas, his wife, would kind of edit some of the scripts, some of the dialogue, some of the story decisions and, oh, wow. and plot choices. And so that's, she's kind of the the sane brain behind the, the original trilogy, who kept George Lucas from doing anything too severe. I, I don't know the finer details of it but i know in the prequel trilogy at that point obviously star wars was very established and when the prequel trilogy was confirmed and coming out i'm sure george lucas just kind of went to the drawing board with anything that was coming to his mind at that point and that's why it feels so scattered about you know because episode one it's it's kind of bad but yeah. there, there's enjoyable elements to it, you know, and uh, aside from just all the meme potential, I yeah. think that uh, episode one has a fun story to it and gave us a lot of things that we all fawn over as Star Wars fans these days with Darth Maul and Qui-Gon Jinn and stuff oh, and, sure. the, and the incredible lightsaber battle and obviously pod racing, we, lest we not forget. <laughs> um, and I, I think with obviously episode two that's probably the worst one in the entire saga in my opinion uh (laughs) until we get to episode nine but you know it's kind of a toss-up between them but episode three i think is my favorite what what about you like i think i'm biased but i would say episode three is my favorite only well not only but that was the very i have vivid memories of being at my cousin's house and he's like let's watch star wars when i was probably like six and i was like what is what what the star wars and he's like oh like you have to watch it and he put on episode three i just remember seeing <laughs> um hayden christensen shirt off in bed having nightmares about padme and i'm like wow i could do, i could watch this plot <laughs> do you think that was maybe a sexual awakening in some ways oh for sure i definitely think so because i'm like emma is this like an appropriate movie because i'm like what if our parents walk in and like star wars has no sex scenes i mean besides the hand-holding perhaps between Ray and Kyle. That is true. In some, in some uh, religious circles, that is very much a sex scene. Yeah. So other than that, I mean, that was before my knowledge of just like how it's not really like about that. And I was just like, wow, this is great. And so that was the first Star Wars movie I have ever seen. And it was a prequel movie. It was episode three. 
Well, that is actually really, yeah, 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 that is actually quite the tale, because for me, I always knew uh, episode three from Lego Star Wars back when I would play with my little brother on the PlayStation 2, and we would play through the original trilogy because we didn't have the complete saga at first, and I think they released the Star Lego Star Wars games sequentially, so I think at first it was uh, just the prequel trilogy and then we got the complete saga which was all all six episodes crammed into one game mm -hmm. and yeah we would just play through that and we didn't really know anything about it but we enjoyed things like uh just because of lego star wars and and <laughs> how the characters act in that game and how you could control them we actually really liked someone like jar jar binks or gonk oh, yeah. droid and stuff because from just the games alone we only got the idea that hey this guy jumps high so we kind of like him for Jar Jar and for Gonk Droid, you know, he was just kind of a meme. And, and so like our exposure to it wasn't as cynical in a way or sardonic as maybe fans who were established from the original trilogy going into the prequel trilogy. I can see why they had a lot more of a disconnect. But for us coming off of Lego Star Wars and playing all the way up to the, to the final mission with Obi-Wan and Anakin like that it, it was it was kind of fun and enlightening in a way because uh we didn't really know much about star wars at that point aside from maybe you know who yoda was and stuff yeah. so uh yeah i don't know i guess it's interesting with star wars because even the kids of today who might get introduced to the later films uh you know <laughs> not not gonna go off into those just yet but even the kids who might get introduced to those we might grow up on a generation where in 10 years the video essays were being greeted with on YouTube or whatever the you know predominant media platform is at that point we might be getting stuff where people are defending the sequel trilogies just like we're seeing now with the with the sequel trilogy all right sorry the prequel trilogy mm -hmm. you know and 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 we've seen a lot more people come out and and express how much they enjoy them in spite of all the negatives yeah we are able to like enjoy the memes that come out of it even though like some parts are cheesy the cgi it's just like i don't think i'll ever hear like hello there like ever again like there's just so many <laughs> there's just so out. many yeah yeah you know like there's just tons like now this is pod racing and uh oh, yeah. and yeah you're right the hello there and, and general kenobi and all that stuff like i think by writing it in such an obscure manner, it almost lends itself to this weird sort of dimension you would never get from modern films in a way. Like it came out at that at that like breaking point in in like the two thousand cinema where we would just have all these weird experimental movies that would incorporate CGI of some form or just like mm -hmm. weird new effects that were kind of pioneered in the late nineties with things like The Matrix and 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 Fight Club in terms of like story structure and all that stuff. Like we and, and editing and everything. And and when we come into the early two thousands we see a lot of these films trying to ride off the coattails of, of those late nineties films. And you see it kind of take shape in The Phantom Menace, of course, where it's just like balls to the wall type thrill, you know? Like, yeah. And I feel like we're never going to get a sort of feel to a movie like we what like we did with the prequel trilogy. Like, I don't think anything will ever compare in, in a sense. Oh, no, I agree. It's just, I'm like kind of really glad that like the first 
how I was like introduced was through like the prequels. Yeah, and I think what what's even more incredible about it is is due to our exposure to the prequels off the bat, it makes it so that when we go into the obviously better films, it makes it so that it's almost like a, a kind of barrier we crossed for quality, where where it's just all right, we accepted this is what we're getting with the prequel trilogy. So when we go on to the better films, it's almost like. We're, we're just taking it at face value, you know? We're not really wowed by anything because it was already established with the messier prequel trilogy. But then we could still kind of take the stories for what they are and be like, yeah, you, you recognize the effort that went into it, especially for the time. But with the prequel trilogy, it kind of took a lot of the mysticism that a lot a lot of the people who viewed it back in the in the 70s and 80s when they saw those films and all the, all the special effects, practical effects and 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 editing with with the with the the wipes uh, as a transitional Mm -hmm. uh quality to the movies like like it kind of took a lot of the mysticism out of it that those people may have got but for us you know the the prequel trilogy was just like almost just a a weird sort of pill to swallow to get into star wars yeah i i just love that the prequels like it's just, like, a love story in it, and, like, I used to, when I got, like, reintroduced to Star Wars, because, like, the first movie I saw, I didn't really kind of watch all the others, like, I didn't go back to, like, the originals, which, I mean, maybe I could have, but I just don't remember, but, like, I remember I, like, couldn't really tell you, like, anything about Star Wars, even though, like, I've known I've seen them until like my probably my freshman year of college and I was just like alone in my dorm I was like let me watch Star Wars because like I couldn't tell you what happened but then (laughs) I don't know what was going on but I watched them all the way to Last Jedi and I could not tell you anything about it until I got like reintroduced for the third time in probably December January of this year and I really just like fell in love with them kind of all over again like I got super excited and unfortunately um episode nine is the only my first and only movie I've seen in theaters oh no and I'm just I wish I'm you know I'm not gonna bug over but I just love that out of all of them like prequels really just I feel like encompasses just the love story like uh, like on Anakin's and Padme's love kind of like tore the universe apart you know Star Wars yeah but it's just like uh you know that's an interesting point yeah yeah that's a very interesting point if you think about it because because in some way all the trilogies encompass love as the as the motivating storytelling tool uh with the with the original film obviously it's anakin and padme and the lengths that he was willing to go to in in a wrong pursuit of love Mm -hmm. that that he was kind of kind of muddied on and then in the uh, in the original trilogy we get you know, Luke trying to almost love himself in a way and find love for things that he never thought possible. Like, like when Leia and Han and everyone was introduced in his life. And then same with, with Vader, you know, he had to kind of harness a new, a newfound love to understand where these people were coming from in a sense. And in the sequel trilogy, of course we get that, but it's, it's, it's a lot less clear, you know? And, and that's, I think that's one thing that we could throw a bone uh, to the, prequel trilogy with is that even as messy and cluttered as it could feel at times it did go in with the intention of a finished product you know like it did go in with 
a sense of it knowing what it wanted to tell right oh, from the sure. outset. And and that's that's the thing that we ran into with the sequel trilogy is that by the time we were starting to get somewhere in episode 8 by taking these characters in a new direction and by the way i love episode eight it's fantastic out of the out of the sequel trilogy you know it was actually bringing these characters to to a pivotal moment in their arcs and then we you know the ball is dropped in episode nine in my opinion uh but with the prequel trilogy we're always building up to something even as even as dismal as it looked in episode two, you know, with, with how horrible things got in there, um, it, it was still leading to somewhere, you know, even if we could have ironed out some of the uh, the issues with that movie. And same with Phantom Menace, you know, it, it was there to establish Anakin's youth and everything and, and the other Jedi who would be looking after him. So... Yeah, that, that's one thing I really value that trilogy for in retrospect is that at least we were going somewhere with it. Yeah, I feel like it's set up, like Phantom Menace has really set up the foundation of just like how kind of Star, like the foundation of Star Wars in the sense of just um, Darth Maul's and Qui-Gon's fight. I mean, it's pretty sure it's literally called Duel of State and... <laughs> Have you, I don't know if you've seen, but have you seen the gallery where it's like the round table talk with like Dave Filoni and like the Mandalorian directors kind of just talking? No, and, I haven't actually. Oh, such a good, they just like kind of talk about how they make the Mandalorian. But Dave Filoni talks about how like Jewel of the Fates, I don't know how it's brought up because it's not really like kind of directly related to the Mandalorian. But he was just basically saying that like that was literally dual, like it was a duel for like Anakin's fate. Like, Oh, because, yeah, yeah, if you think yeah, about it. Yeah, I'm, like, trying to articulate. Because, like, Obi-Wan <laughs> kind of becomes, like, his kind of, like, brother, not really parent, because, like, I mean, I mean, at, like, Revenge of the Sith, like, you were my brother, Anakin, like, not a parental figure, really. Yeah. But, like, quite, I mean, he was, um, didn't have a father, right? He was, like, birthed from the Force. <laughs> I believe so, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, so, like, no father figure, and then that father figure was going to fall to Qui-Gon and, like, as the chosen one, like, under his direction, like, would have been, I guess, a different kind of direction or path of the chosen one. But because, like, that father figure was, like, taken away and was replaced with Palpatine, it was just, like, that is what led him to the dark side. Just, like, at the end of Phantom Menace, after the parade, and he's, like, We'll watch you with great interest. It's like, no, you're not supposed to be the father figure he was supposed to have. <laughs> well, that's super interesting. I never thought of it that way. And that just adds, I think, to the the unique aspects of the prequel trilogy in that, sure, you know, we get the father figure type thing in, in the original trilogy, but it's like a bastardized thing because his actual father, you know, is Vader, which he's supposed to morally oppose and and, mm-hmm. f- and fight against ultimately. Um, but, you know, even in the in the sequel trilogy, we get sort of Luke to Rey in a sense, you know, and uh, yeah. and and, it, it, and it's weird. And same with uh, um, Kylo to Han, but he, you know, he he smites him in in Episode <laughs> Seven. So, you know, spoiler we we kind uh, yeah. Spoiler alert, everyone who <laughs> hasn't seen <laughs> who the hasn't? movie. <laughs> who's, who's gonna listen to a Star Wars episode. <laughs> 
Um, so it's it's interesting to note that in the prequel trilogy, yeah, we don't really deal with any familial type things, unless you count Padme and and Anakin, of course. But even then, Anakin and his, what he ends up spawning with Luke and Leia, it's not really you know brought up at all because it's not the focus and i think that the focus is all about anakin and maybe that's why this the prequel trilogies feel so good to watch nowadays is because just how laser focused it is on showing anakin crumble oh yeah i i literally after i watched the prequels like i would literally randomly just think about it and like cry because of like just how hard he fell when all he really wanted was just to save, like, Padme. And I'm just, like, so emotional about it. I'm so... Like, I wish Padme didn't die. Like, I wish she, her, like, character development, like, went on. But, like, her death really was just kind of, like, a great emotional kind of character. I don't even know. No, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think uh, it's a super downer when, when it occurs. But it almost feels very bible-esque of course because obviously there are many papers and theories out there that you know just the Mm -hmm. the prequel trilogy is is very much like like you know the the fall of of uh 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 what what is it uh the the angel uh that that falls to hell and everything oh I don't know his I, name, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I have no no idea really, but uh, yeah, people have wrote about it before, and uh, it's interesting to note that you know Anakin loses everything, and even when he finally succumbs to the will of the dark side, it, it's never really like it was his choice. It's more so just his. everything he was fighting against finally getting the better of him and even when he was in the vader suit all through Mm -hmm. the original trilogy he was never really on the side of evil you know he was pretty much just tethered to it because the suit you know pained him to to wear and and a contractual obligation almost to be evil rather than anakin ever fully committing to the idea because sure we see him him turn completely apish and aggro at the end of episode three threatening to end obi-wan's life and and eventually he does don't get me wrong but i don't think uh he was ever fully committed to the idea of of being as reprehensible as he is made out to be you know because even when he comes to at the end of episode six it's shown that that part of him was still always in him and, and and it's no secret that as soon as he's able to realize that it's at the same moment that the mask is taken off the pain is finally absolved in a way and luke is the one to show him that path yeah. and uh yeah i think it's interesting in in the prequel trilogy at how that anguish is built up All right, sorry for that technical difficulty. Me and Dylan are back and ready to talk. We don't know where we left off, but honestly, talking about Anakin Skywalker is never a bad place to start and get into our groove. So, Dylan. (laughs) Okay, so right back on it. I think previously at before was that this the prequel trilogy was going into it with such a consistent and clear message that it wanted to portray to us and i think we got that and i think really the longevity of the prequel trilogy and how it's lasted so long into the cultural zeitgeist of today is because of just how relatable it is at the end of the day 
and how we could all kind of touch upon the base that Anakin was was hitting in the prequel trilogy because not only is Hayden Christensen a very convincing actor especially from that early 2000s era if you ever he seen that he was so young yeah I didn't he, realize it he was in his te- like 19 he was very incredibly young yeah and if yeah. you ever seen the hit 2001 movie Life as a House I don't think I have okay well watch that you know uh, audience the list <laughs> That goes for you too, audience. Watch it. It's Hayden Christensen, pretty much two years. Of, I mean, it was probably being filmed around the same time as The Phantom Menace, but it was two years, or it came out two years after Phantom Menace, and uh, we get to see Hayden Christensen really in his prime as an emo sad boy. And man, I've seen clips, yeah. Yeah, like uh, the first scene of the movie alone is if you're a fan of any of those Anakin sort of fan cams, this shit mm-hmm. will send you into the stratosphere. Oh, it's on my top list now. <laughs> yeah, okay, so you got to watch it. Everyone's got to watch it. But I think with Hayden Christensen in general, he really kind of like caught that wave of the early 2000s kind of like radical tubularness, you know, and he mm-hmm. was kind of just the perfect fit for Anakin. I know a lot of people, you know, give the dialogue shit in the prequels because it's not yeah. very convincing but i'd say the actors did the best with what they could out of the poorly oh, yeah. written dialogue and that that's kind of the general consensus now is that they were they they did well with what they were given and i, I just really have a fun time with the prequel trilogy looking back and and thinking about finally shedding my my kind of like normie armor and getting into star wars a little more like what that that's something i wanted to ask you for for your normie armor when did you kind of like shed that and really just give into star wars and i guess nerd sort of culture in general i would probably say that would come around probably this the latest time probably starting in december january and episode six was coming or episode nine i remember seeing a bunch of like videos and trailers and just like tiktoks after them seeing it and i just like was like okay i guess i'll get back into it and i got super into it and just re i mean i was like, a couple months ago i went to dinner with um my mom and my dad and then i was like talking about it and he's like ah oh, my daughter's nerdy now. And I'm like, um, yeah, I am. We're eating sushi, and I am nerdy now about Star Wars. I think I was talking about how, like, R2-D2 and, like, um, 3PO have been, like, consistent through all three trilogies. I agree. Like, oh, my gosh, like, Chewbacca. And I'm like, no. I mean, yes, but also R2-D2, 3PO, like, they were, they were in all. They were consistent. Yeah, that, that, that's a crazy fact, actually, that they've kind of seen everything from the front lines in, in all trilogies. And they, yeah, they, I, they've they been through all this shit with such a ragtag group of individuals. Yeah, I kind of, there's kind of like a headcanon going around where, you know how in the original, Obi-Wan doesn't recognize R2. He's like, I don't recall ever owning a droid. And I, like, there's kind of like, just common accepted fact of like he knows that wherever r2 goes like skywalker drama just follows so he's like ah, i can't deal with droid get it away from me wow so <laughs> so r2 is essentially an omen in a sense yeah i mean i when i was watching phantom menace i think i'm pretty sure r2 was like a naboo droid 
Yeah, I think you might be right about that. I think um, the droids being consistent all throughout also just gives the audience a sort of language to speak to the movies through and kind of understand. Because by if you look through it as if you were R2 or C-3PO, you realize just how crazy all these all these freaking people are. Oh, insane. They're like, really? One one bloodline? One family? Created yeah. Created a galaxy war? Yeah, you gotta <laughs> over, think. Over generations. <laughs> yeah, you gotta think that, that maybe the Skywalkers are feared by even them, and that's why they never leave their, their sides, you know? Yeah, maybe. better to be on their side than against. <laughs> yeah, because even, even with Rey and, and how she uh, inherits that last name, maybe they knew all along. Yeah, Ray Skywalker. <laughs> we'll that's, get to that. We'll get that's to that. Another. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that that is saved for a later date. But yeah, um, I I I really find it interesting that if you kind of think about the droids and they're kind of like nonsense language. At least that's what it appears like to the audience at first that they're kind of speaking gibberish. But no, apparently people have come up with a droid language and could interpret oh. what they're saying. You know, they have like transcribed exactly what the droids have said at certain points in the movie, and that's why the the <laughs> that's why the humans are all, all able to respond to them so diligently because they they could speak droid. Like that's the whole thing, right? But then the audience has taken it on themselves to kind of transcribe that and see what they mean. And uh, <laughs> it's very interesting though, that if you don't interpret it, it that way as, as its own, as its own language, you could kind of just use it as almost like a meta narrative tool as like, they're just speaking to the audience and asking the questions that the audience are asking, you know, or, or their reactions to things are, are what we are kind of thinking of, too. I was just thinking, it's like, is someone transcribing droid language now and then putting it on their resume as they speak another language? <laughs> like, oh, what language? Um, droid? Specifically, Star Wars Galaxy Universe droid? They're <laughs> just like, um, you know what? You're hired. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You could just put it right onto your Disney resume. Oh, I'm, I gotta add everything I could to that. Yeah, you you're gonna be in the running for something great, I'm sure. Working right oh. in Galaxy's Edge itself. Oh yeah, I'm getting my hopes up. I'm literally just like envisioning once they reopen. I'm just like literally going in like, I don't. I'm an RN, but like I will take any any position you have for me. <laughs> well, it's so good. You could just be the standby nurse for people coming off of the uh, uh, rise of the resistance. Oh my gosh, should I tell you that? The earliest boarding pass I've ever gotten was like opening group eleven, and I wanted to cry. Wow, really? Yeah. Damn. Eleven, yeah, and like eleven. Every time I've tried to get a boarding pass, I've gotten one. Not, yeah. not to brag, not to flex, but like <laughs> people are like, "Oh my gosh, I've been like fifteen times and I haven't gotten one." I'm like, "Yo, I just go walk into the park like five minutes before they like open, open, and I'm just like standing in a corner on my phone. And I'm like, click, and I'm like, boarding group eleven, boarding group forty, and I'm like, wow." Everyone listening to this is just going to be so impressed, so so impeccably wowed that you are just here consistently si- styling on all of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been on three times. <laughs> I'm sure you're shrugging your shoulders right now. You're just like, "What about it?" Oh, I am. <laughs> yeah. What do you um, do about it? <laughs> uh, with uh, I haven't actually been to Disneyland ever since they opened up the Star Wars park. I've been meaning to, and I hope eventually that they uh. Um, show even more to pay homage to the prequel trilogy in some way. 
I, that is something that is very, I wish that too, because when you go, it's like set and it is like first order kind of set up. I mean, the Millennium Falcons there, the like kind of rebel cast comes out at certain times. I've never seen them because I'm always at the first order. I, I met Kylo Ren, not to <laughs> flex again. And I was ecstatic. He what was was the was the air electric around him? Oh, it was. I couldn't breathe. You couldn't breathe. <laughs> Which, well, <I> almost, <laughs> almost as almost if like... he was force choking you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that could have been happening. I just remember he's like, I took a picture and he's like, "Yo," he did not say that, but he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember because I was so like in shock. But he's just like, "Get over here!" And I was like, "Oh my god, I don't like confrontation." And he's literally all decked out. <laughs> And Kylo Karen, I'm just like, I'm oh my it. goodness! It was almost like a, s- a second sexual re- reawakening in a sense. Oh, <laughs> I think about it all the time. <laughs> I'm so glad my friend was recording because I just look back on that. And yeah, because now you could just peer into the footage and and say that this has graced your life. It has. I mean, I just love that you haven't been, and it's just like there's so many like as much as like it is kind of just like sequel based. There is a lot of just, like, having the stormtroopers there and, like, they make their jokes. And, like, little kids are so excited when their little girls are dressed up as Rey and the stormtroopers come up to them and they're like, hey. And, like, they get all excited. I'm just like, oh, this is, like, literally where dreams come true. That is pretty magical. I, I would have never guessed it that is. eventually Disney would have secured <laughs> su- such a... <laughs> they secured the bag with that one. Yes, yeah, <laughs> such a gold mine. It's really, it's really incredible, and yeah, to think yeah. that right now they're kind of riding off the heels of, of having all this sequel trilogy hype, you know. But I wonder if over time we're gonna see other attractions or other things kind of cater to the older fans, especially I hope in, so. yeah, like especially in this era that we're currently in with Star Wars, where about the only thing that's carrying the entire IP in a way is is the mandalorian right now because we've kind of fizzled out of the mainline movies there's no real game in the makes right now aside from the star wars rogue squadron game which is just uh Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the battlefront games but with tie fighters so it's it's a it's like an ace combat game which is is Uh all piloting but but with tie fighters and x-wings of course and uh that's about the only thing on the games front that we have. I don't know about in, in the literature There's or anything. Like, yeah, I, I think I've seen, like, ads of, like... I think they were going to release, like, a le- another Lego, like, oh, Skywalker Oh, you're right. You're right about that. Yeah, that comes out so next delayed, year. Yeah, yeah you're very right. Year. That's the only one I've been... Because, like, I was thinking about, like, Squadrons, but, like, I don't really play video games i don't want to get frustrated with like figuring out how to like use the controls but i'm like i can figure out i used to play back in disneyland they used to have like stations of just like playing their games on like yeah. the xboxes so i was like oh i figured it out and yeah like, a little over own. in the in the um <laughs> tomorrowland arcade yeah, right yeah um on super hot days that's where you'd go i like just figured that place out because i used to it used to be like honey i shrunk the kids and i was like what is that <laughs> And I didn't realize that it switched over to kind of like Star Wars. And I was like, oh, wish I would have gone earlier. Yeah, that's right. You're, yeah, and I remember over in that same area, they would have the Michael Jackson experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. It's all coming back to me now. It's all coming together. Coming back and coming together. <laughs> One would even say flooding. Flo- oh my 
God, the floodgates have opened. <laughs> they have. They have parted. But yeah, I I um I think it's interesting with how the old Battlefront games or a lot of pretty much just the old Star Wars games in general had a lot of that prequel trilogy fan service in a way. But it wasn't really fan service at the time because the game or the movies were still new. But now we see a lot more of just the sequel trilogy getting yeah. representation in the games, which is totally fine. You know, Disney wants to uh parade off of that for a little bit i'm sure but and i guess that's why mandalorian is is so exciting because it's so far removed from anything we've gotten yeah exactly i've seen a lot of kind of comments of like kind of upset about the second season because of all these confirmed not confirmed kind of main story characters like ahsoka and kind of rebel characters and boba fett and then people are just saying like the reason why the Mandalorian is doing so well is because it is the Star Wars universe, but it's so removed from the big storyline that, like, you get a sense of, like, there's so much more going on, like, besides just the Skywalker family and all of that, and you see how it, like, impacts everyday life, kind of, and people were kind of upset about these, like, confirmed, unconfirmed people joining because they're like, okay, now we're kind of getting into the big names, big storylines, when that's not what the first season was really about. Yeah, I was, uh, was going to say as well, going off that, that, yeah, you're, you're very much right in that everything we've gotten out of the films, unless you count Solo and Rogue One and maybe the Star Wars Christmas special, is that <laughs> <laughs> it's it's focused so heavy, heavily on the Skywalker line. And I think, yeah, that's why as the franchise will progress in the future, I think it very much will be contingent, the success at least, upon giving us more ways to flesh out this universe that clearly has the means of being fleshed out. Because look at the whole expanded universe before oh, yeah. before Disney axed it. Look at all the potential that's inside it and look at all the games that have been canceled over the years that we're going to focus on something totally different from the Skywalkers. Even the recent last year release of star Wars Jedi, the fallen order. Sure. It ties into the mainline plot, but it focuses on a Jedi that's completely different from. No, I love that. I love it. Yeah, and that game's incredible, too. It's really well-written, and it blends influences so well, just like the original trilogy did. Oh, yeah. Order Order 66 was literally, like, a universe-wide order, and it didn't just affect, like, the Jedi Council's masters. Like, I know with Rebels, just kind of, like... I mean, Leia has a couple, like, cameos, and, like, Luke has, like, one episode, but, like, it really is just on, like, Jedis other than the ones focused in the movies. And they really bring, like, a different... They bring more kind of, like, I don't know how to, like, characterization, storylines. Yeah, flavor, exactly. Of just, like, this one Jedi, literally, he was, talks about Order 66, and it's so refreshing to see it spoken outside of the main story. No, yeah, I, I agree. Tons. I, I think that since this universe is so ripe for the picking of just fleshing it out to any extent they want especially with Mm -hmm. the new liberties afforded by disney taking over and how their cross media um expanding could could really benefit the series i think that you know we could even see 
a new show in the same vein as the Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff. And I think that would really help get kids excited for upcoming trilogy or whatever's going to come out of the mainline movies next. Because I think at this point, Disney has to realize that there's so much more to offer besides just the the movies themselves. And I think yeah. that we could really be looking towards so much more expenditure in in a sense uh across all types of media and i see i think we see that a lot in the games where we're just starting to tap into a vein that that shows its potential with something like jedi the fallen order when put into the Mm -hmm. the right hands of the right developers we could see something truly unique that we would have never gotten if star wars just solely stuck to the movies yeah i agree it's just like so much like i love seeing like also parallels between like movies like i was um what am i not thinking about anakin but i was just thinking like it was like part of his like downfall was like he was a slave you know had a master Watto, and just being taken out of like that environment where like he did have a master and taking it and basically putting him in like what could be argued the same kind of system of just Jedi masters and apprentices and him having to always have masters above him. Like uh, people say he's so whiny because he was never granted like the master title, but I like feel flat for him because he came from like a slave background. Like it really did, like it meant the world for him to like finally not have a master of himself other than himself, you know, like be his own master. And it's just like, I kind of think, because people, I know we're talking about the prequels, but, like, people draw the similarities to Finn of how he should have been, like, a Jedi or whatever, and, like, that's how he was, like, advertised during the sequels. But I've also read just, like, kind of other fans, I guess, like, comments and thoughts of just, like, okay, well, like, Finn was also a stormtrooper in that kind of systematic kind of organization of, like, following orders kind of a thing and like him going into like the same thing to now following like a jedi master kind of i don't know the system of it is kind of lost yeah 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 very much so i i think um uh with the parallels you you brought up i think that would be interesting to see explored where storytelling diverges in the different media because obviously what works in a star wars film won't necessarily work in a star wars game because there's the Mm -hmm. element of of playing it or star wars literature where it affords a lot more room to to expand on descriptors or uh expand on characterization because there's so much more room to work with through just wording alone um, whereas the language of cinema is very much through the camera and what we are shown and what we aren't shown. So I, I think that opens up the door a lot too, because those parallels could then be fleshed out in so many different ways across the different media that, that we end up getting from the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and seeing how it kind of harkens back to these points in star Wars history, but also maybe could just pave the way for a future for the franchise that we haven't seen in a way, you know, like I wonder, obviously probably the movies would be the first to blaze that trail in the sense of like, we're not going to, you know, just let some measly book or game talk about the future of Star Wars, like let's say a hundred years past the events of Rise of Skywalker. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like obviously they'd probably want to give that honor to the movies, but then it would be interesting that even if the movies were to branch into that territory, it'd be cool to see how the other media associated with it then could could expand upon it in a way because look at the Mandalorian it being so far removed from the rest of the series gives it so much creative liberty to work with and I think that's what Mm -hmm. we kind of need in Star Wars right now or whatever comes in the future because the prequel trilogies they were kind of contractually bound to what came before it and that's totally fine with what they're working for but even they had to had to think very creatively within the confines that they presented to themselves so i think by Mm -hmm. going further into the future or whatever comes next it'll open up the gateway a lot and we don't have to focus so much on the preordained sort of destiny of this singular bloodline maybe we could just get you know a, a movie about just lowly people who end up discovering their destiny which is what we are all hoping episode nine was gonna be oh my god the <laughs> end of episode eight i mean what happens the boy in his room <laughs> that's it you know, know it's like story. yeah and it, and it makes you wonder because due to all the inspiration that these stories have have allotted the audience it'd be cool to kind of show a uh meta version of that inside the films and show that how star wars's legacy has kind of been imparted into so many minds that Mm -hmm. these characters might have crossed and let's say even a hundred years into the future of the series like by that point all the characters that we have gotten to known would be nothing more than legend. So why not just have a whole new band of people get inspired by that or someone who has no, no real, I don't know, uh, destiny in a sense to, to become Mm -hmm. great. Like just someone taking up the, the task just for the sake of it, you know, kind of like what last Jedi hinted at with, that we need to bring the Jedi and Sith to an end. If yeah. if oh. maybe they expand on that more in a future series where it's just like, yeah, literally anyone can now be doing it in, in a sense of, of becoming a Jedi. I know you can't really become that with the hard and fast rules established in the series, but it would be cool to see if those themes in Episode A were expanded upon in a way that we get to see people of all backgrounds make something out of it rather than just the people who were given the right because of their bloodline yeah i i totally agree i know that there's like i i don't really know i haven't really researched i've just seen it in passing but like um kind of the creation and work working on um what was it, the high republic which is supposed to be like way into the past before the Republic. I don't remember what they were called. New Republic. Okay. Old yeah. Republic. Yeah. 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 We'll go so with that. Republic, we'll go with yeah. that. So it's just like okay, they're like bring they're introducing like new characters, but instead of like fast forwarding, they're going way back to like the Jedi's peak, which is like interesting. But then at the same time, it's like they're still within the confines of like the Jedi Order, which like may or may not change in degrees but i like the thought of what you were saying of just like okay now everyone we know and like kind of grown up with are legends now there's room for like new people new creative outlets without the confines of like the past yeah i i 
I definitely agree with that. I would hope that they are just smart enough to no longer beat the horse and just kind of yeah. move on to something that that could flourish because <laughs> that that's like what we talked about previously with the Mandalorian and uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Why those were so mm-hmm. refreshing was because it was giving us a new set of eyes to look th- through, and I feel whatever will come next for the series, I feel it would be really great to kind of keep in mind that Star Wars doesn't always have to be about this necessarily. Yeah. Like we, we could do so many things in this universe. So why not start exploring that? And I think that's going to be a very vital role to play in the upcoming sort sort of plans that they might have. Yeah, like, I feel like the common theme, I guess, between these ones, like, is love, like, talking about the prequel love, and Padme, and the original, and sequel, and, like, there are other themes that can be, like, kind of shown, and, like, it doesn't have to, like, whatever comes after doesn't really have to have, like, the love of as their theme, but it'd be interesting just to see... I don't know. It's just like get creative. Like Disney, you can hire us. Like, we'll, <laughs> yeah, hire open. us. You know. Yeah. Yeah, we have so we'll, many, we'll so many out. more qualifications than any other fan on this planet. <laughs> yeah. We really do, you know. Um, I, <laughs> I also uh, really am hopeful that now that we're kind of shedding the skin of the sequel trilogy, we could just kind of move beyond it and, and leave it in the dust where it belongs for now and maybe revisit it in 10 years and be like, okay, maybe what was it worth all the outrage? And it'll probably be no, you know, like those, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the movie will, will stand as it is. And of course it's fun to reimagine how the movie would have went and everything. But of course you re you, if you reimagine it too much, you're not really getting the same product with the same vision that was that was implied at the at, with what we got so yeah. i i think by removing ourselves from that we're gonna see a, a lot further in into what we could do with this ip and i i think we see that a lot in the games at times just because the games could afford to be a little more creative mm-hmm. um so hopefully uh whatever comes next will be great but you know if we do ever want to relive the nostalgia that's why we have the current movies we have that's why we have the current games we have too. look at star wars battlefront 2 the ea one that came out recently sure Mm -hmm. it was a dumpster fire at first but it's really become its own thing uh that honors the legacy of the sequel prequel and original trilogies and i think it's it's really profound to see this sort of time capsule of star wars history in a way be represented in a video game that not only pays homage to the original star wars battlefront games that came out by pandemic studios all the way back in you know like the early 2000s but in some ways it even surpasses it because we get all the visual flair all the extra voice acting and graphics and all that stuff and in some ways it it will age a lot better than these previous games have too so now that we have these ways to experience all this star wars nostalgia it's time to just remove ourselves and go beyond in this galaxy so far far away yeah, there's also, if you don't like it, there's also a thing called fan fiction that people write and read <laughs> to, like, take them away from the canon storyline. 
there's that. I mean, people complain and complain, and yeah, like, people have their, like, criticisms, but, like, people take it, like, over the edge. I'm like, really? Like, this... You kind of just, like, gotta accept it. Go with the flow. I agree. Like, I... I think Wattpad yeah. is going to be people's best friends in the meantime for what we're only getting with the Mandalorian and like, let's say star Wars rogue squadron right now. I think mm-hmm. Wattpad and resorting to those sort of fan resources are going to be a lot of people's kind of, kind of best tool to navigate these times where the future is kind of weary for the series. But of course it will keep going because we get to see our media overlords who own Mm -hmm. it and they wouldn't just stop it where it is. But I think what their plan is, is to give enough distance between episode nine and whatever comes next, because episode nine was supposedly the least performing movie out of the sequel trilogy. And I think what they're going to do is establish enough time to build up that hype again. That was, that was really frothing going into episode seven back in 2015. And I think they're going to just try to build it up so much again that people are kind of salivating at that point and, and really craving some more content. But I feel at this point, they might just have enough creative liberty to just do whatever the hell they want. I mean, sure as hell they have the budget nowadays, so oh, yeah. it's it's more so just comes down to do they want to let these ideas prosper? There's so many options, so many avenues, everything. So That's what choices are. Picking and choosing, and that's how things become what they are. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think... Uh, the series is very hopeful and we have a lot of things to look forward to and also appreciate about the past. And as we get on to the other trilogies in later episodes of our podcast here, I think we'll be able to kind of touch upon the parts that we really liked about even the sequel trilogy, which at most times was uh, disappointing, but we could still find things that we could pick from it, like pretty much the entirety of episode eight that we really liked. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there, there's a lot to gush about in this series and a lot that it has touched so many people through that I think, uh, it really has an enduring legacy that it's pretty much timeless, which it already was granted mm-hmm. when the, yeah. when the very first film came out, just because of the unique blend of so many different elements from so many different inspirational sources. But as it goes on, even as much as we might think it's being beaten into the ground with endless sequelization, it also just is an IP that could probably forever be tapped into and extracted from some form of potential. And I think we could see a lot of cool stories forever come out of this universe. Yeah, I'll randomly put on, like, Across, I think it's Across the Stars is Padme's and Anakin's kind of love theme put it on in the car and just like drive and envision what could have been. I agree. I I think the soundtrack is, is very phenomenal too. If only we got that uh, in the sequel trilogy where John Williams was, was kind (laughs) of, you know, wasted, (laughs) but uh, um, I'm glad we got what we did from the prequels. Me too. It was. This has been great. A great discussion about something that is very kind kind of pop culture material. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I I think uh, this has touched upon a lot of the uh, appeal and what we like from the movies without ever getting too uh, specific. You know, we didn't comment upon any uh, 
real scenes or anything, uh, but I think that kind of speaks for itself in a way and also just covers our asses so we didn't have to dive into anything too deep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's just a fun discussion. I mean, we can also do another one of just like straight film dissection of each episode. Absolutely. I think we should uh, go on to that eventually. Mm-hmm. Different avenues we can discover together. Yeah, we still got the whole ass theme park to review too. Oh my gosh. Once they open, I swear, we got to go and we are just straight. Oh, you bet. We're going straight to that cantina and getting fucking tanked. I got, yes. Um, I've tried the blue milk. I've tried the green milk. Oh it is God. definitely an experience you must must have. We have to build lightsabers together, build some droids together. That would be wonderful. Is it all alcoholic? Uh, the milk? Yeah, the milk. The milk is not. The droids the as well. <laughs> just drink out of the droids. <laughs> no, the cantina does. I did not get the chance to go there before they closed. I see. So okay. that could be something new for both of us. Definitely. Yeah, so thanks for chatting, Dylan. I mean... I am always open to talk about prequels, Star Wars, anything. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, thanks so much for having me. I think it was a really uh, enjoyable time. Uh, I, I really uh, like talking about everything Anakin. Now, if only I got to gush more about Obi-Wan, but you know, we'll save that for another time. Maybe we could talk we'll about exclusively <laughs> our favorite characters. Do you have any socials anyone can look you up by? Yeah, so uh, my my username on both Instagram and Twitter is Dillweed, but replace both the E's in weed with two I's, and there we go. That Classic. is where you can find it. me and DM me about anything Star Wars related, so feel free, everyone. And thanks for having me, Valerie. I think this was of a course, very a, a enjoyable and fruitful endeavor, and I, I hope to be back for even more Star Wars discussion in the future. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. It is just my name, Valerie Ziesmer. Ziesmer is a little hard. I'm going to spell it out for everyone. <laughs> it's going to be a Z, like zebra. I-E-S-M-E-R. That wow. is where you can find me. You can DM me. I am, I'm on private right now. I'm going to just change it to public. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, thank you. That, thank that was you. very eloquently put. Eloquently, I spent 21 years spelling out my last name. <laughs> <laughs> and even more people to follow. More people, yes. All right, thanks so much. This has been very a very fun, therapeutic Thursday night activity. Well, thank you so much, too. And there we go. We dated the, the recording as well, so people will forever know. Yes. <laughs> All right. Good night, Valerie. Thank you so much. Good night. Thank you.